Yes, people, welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today is going to be another solo episode. As you probably already know, I'm currently in isolation. I've got about maybe a week or so left of my isolation period. So I put out on my story about four or five days ago. If anybody had any questions for a podcast, like a Q&A episode that they wanted to ask, send them my way and I'll try and get them in all done in one episode. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So some of the key topics that came up um, in the questions were how to start a PT business. Not like I'm an expert. I've only been doing it for what, nine months or something like that. But I'll talk you through kind of some of the things I've learned that maybe might help you when if you're starting out a PT business. Also a bit about essential amino acids and branched chain amino acids. Which one's better? What's the difference and what they exactly are? And then also a few bulking tips for anybody who's wanting to gain size or maybe it's the first time that they're getting in the gym and how they can put on a little bit of muscle. So we'll run through all of them and hopefully you find this podcast interesting. So no white monster today. We've just got a, I think it's hot Java lava coffee. Very very nice though. Taylor's Taylor's coffee. Anyway, we'll get started. So first thing, first thing, first thing is how to start a PT business. So like I said, I have only been doing this for well since December really. Obviously, I had my fitness page and stuff beforehand. But I never really pursued it 100% as a proper career until December 2019. So a few things that I would just say is just start. Just start doing something, whatever that is, whether it be set up an Instagram page, whether it be getting yourself a job at a gym, whether it be training your pals, training a family member, or just getting involved in the fitness industry, doing whatever it is, just make a start. Don't worry too much about branding, logos, what you're gonna call your business, all this, that, and the other. But just set yourself up and just just get starting. Because the more that you do, the earlier that you start, the more chance of you, obviously, it's almost like a snowball effect. So you start one thing, the next thing will happen. And it'll just keep on happening and happening. I delayed starting my fitness page for ages because I was worried about what people were gonna think. Because uh, obviously coming from a professional footballing background, that's something that I always done. And I always had this thing in my head saying that was my almost label in life. Now if I'm starting this thing and thinking, oh, maybe he's a failure in, in the football thing that he was just doing. Why is he doing this? But it was a passion of mine. And if it's a passion of yours, just go and start it. Just get something set up and just just make a start. Pretty, pretty plain and simple. That's the best way to start. So one way in terms of getting experience which is one big thing that you need as a PT uh, I went into a gym environment not having really any PT experience the only experience I had prior to working in a gym was training one or two of my mates so for when I, while I was still playing football I was training one of my best friends for absolutely free probably two or three times a week just in my garage gym just getting experience and putting all the knowledge and everything that I've learned pretty much to the to the test with someone and you got a pretty decent transformation. Stupidly enough though, I didn't really take any pictures or anything like that. Make sure that whichever your first few clients are, whether it's a family member or a friend, make sure you do your progress pictures and track their progress so you can have that down and then you can show it to people on social media or you can show it to future clients and upcoming clients when you're talking to them saying, look, this is what I've done with someone. You don't have to say it's a family member, but you can just say, look, this is what I've done with someone in the past. And now I want to try and help you out and achieve something similar for yourself. So there's evidence that you know what you're doing. So a good idea as well 
is I found when I had I had about two or three of my friends that I was training, um, especially when they're close friends. Sometimes they may not maybe even take the sessions seriously or take the diet side. So when they, when they were away from the sessions, they might not take it as serious. Um, so maybe think about that. Maybe try and choose someone who might be a friend of a friend who you don't know too well. So there's kind of that relationship where you, you, there's that professionalism and that seriousness within the session, but also it's, it's someone that if, them, if you mess up and you don't really do that well with them, it's not the end of the world. So that's probably a little bit of a tip as well. So if it's a, a family member or maybe a kind of a distant family member, that would be a good idea. But in general, just try and get someone close to you who maybe you do it for free or you do it for really cheap. Just to gain that experience um, would be definitely something that would be worthwhile. So make sure, one, that you get someone or get a few people to do transformations, families, friends, and two, make sure you kind of record and take pictures of the transformation and you track it so you have evidence going down the line. So that's one of the first things. Second thing, talking about experience again, get yourself a job in some sort of fitness environment, whether it be just being a gym instructor within a gym, whether it be actually being a PT, uh, whatever gym it is or whatever environment it is, just put yourself in them scenarios so you can pick up experience. So even if it's being a gym instructor, you're, you're having to talk to people face to face, instructing them, showing them different exercises, uh, not necessarily PT in them, but yeah, it's that experience of just learning how to explain exercises face to face rather than obviously not getting that experience. To be fair, it doesn't even have to be a job within the fitness industry. Any sort of job that involves communication with someone or maybe even sales, something like that. Any sort of job that can can relate to being a personal trainer. Like sales, for example, you're having to sell something. A lot of people don't realise that the in the PT industry, a lot of it is business and how you can sell yourself, how you can get clients in, how you can market yourself. That is massively important. So like I said, doing a job, I know there's someone who used to be a nightclub promoter and is now a PT that I know. That's a, another sort of industry that could be good to get into. If you're young and that's the thing that you enjoy, go and do it, but obviously focus on your fitness side as well. Don't get too carried away with it. But anything that can relate and transfer over to being a personal trainer, do it. So whether it be a fitness instructor, like I said, PT, um, even just, I don't know, selling sofa, I don't know, just be do something in sales, something where you're talking to someone will definitely be beneficial. But yeah, for me, what I did myself was uh, go and work at Nuffield Health in Gossip. That was my first PT job. I'm still there at the minute. Obviously, we've been in and out of kind of furlough, in and out of isolation with it. So it's been, I have been there for like nine months, but realistically, I've only been there for about five months of it. So that's what I did. It's a job where you get paid for your minimum hours. You get paid not a lot of money for your minimum hours. And then for your PT that you do on top of it, which is almost like your self-employed side of it, they take a percentage of it. So that's the way it works for me. I found it really beneficial, one, because it's a job and you get, you get paid for it no matter what. So for my 16 hours that I have to do minimum for them, I get paid. So you've got that kind of backbone and that cushion. Also, you get experience within them shifts. So you have to do things like programs for people, instructing them around the gym, showing them the exercises. You have to do classes where you've got people, like groups of up to 25, obviously not the minute, we're only doing up to 12 at the minute during, during the COVID phase. But beforehand, it was up to 25 people within a class. You literally just have to put together a 45 minute session for them. And like bootcamp style, Legs, bums and tums, abs, hit stuff, this all that sort of stuff. It's great experience. 
Honestly, the first time I went into doing something like that, I was terrified. I didn't really know too much what to do. Obviously, having, having to project your voice in front of that many people can be nerve-wracking to start with, but it soon becomes normal and a little bit easier for you. Now it's just like second nature. But that experience, again, just get yourself in that environment, build up your confidence, talk to people, put yourself in a scenario that might be a little bit more difficult um, than what you're used to. So definitely beneficial, um, the role that I got. So I'm not sure what other gyms are the same. I think maybe like David Lloyd's are the same. Some leisure centres might be a similar sort of setup, but that sort of setup was good for me. I know a lot of people who go straight into the self-employed side, go to like pure gyms, gym groups, that sort of that sort of scene. And it works really well for them because it forces you to go and get clients straight away. You're thrown straight into the deep end. You have to go and find clients. I think you have to do around 10 to 12 hours minimum at that gym um, to get your rent paid for or you can pay rent. But again, if you jump in straight in, you have to get clients. And even worse, if, you, if you're going to go down the rent route, you are forced, you're losing money if you don't get enough clients. You're pretty much paying whatever, £400 a month for that gym. You need to go and make sure that you're making your money back and then more, obviously, so you've got money in your own pocket. So th there's some, some scenarios. I think you've, you've got to be brave and you've got to be very, what's the word, confident in yourself, trust yourself. And I think it does force yourself to to kind of learn quicker if you go down that completely self-employment side, like in a pure gym, a DW, where you're paying rent or you're doing your hours and you're not getting any money unless you make it. I think that's great for a lot of people. But if someone's maybe not so confident in themselves, the route that I took where you're getting paid for your hours, you're getting experience, but you can also do your personal training and build up a client base that way. That's probably a good way to do it um, as well. Depends what type of person you are. If it's something completely different to what you've ever done before, definitely go the safer route where you've got your, your hours paid for and then your PT, you can just pick up and take take your time building that up and there's not as much pressure. But yeah, whatever route you take, it's all experience. You'll learn as you go. Don't worry if it doesn't go great to start with, especially if you're young and you're still living at home. It's probably worth taking that little bit of a risk because obviously you've got your parents at home. So as long as your family's doing okay for money and you're doing okay and you kind of can take that sacrifice just just go for it and just force yourself and throw yourself into the deep end and if it goes wrong it's fine you don't have bills to pay you don't have a mortgage to pay you should be okay you just go again that didn't work right i'll learn from that i'm going to try this route this time and then eventually good things will happen and it'll come so one thing i will say and something that I try and do a little bit too much is don't do too much at once. Focus on one thing at a time. I got told off for it all the time. My dad just told me off for it the other day. Just focus on one thing at a time. It's it's true. So if you're going down that one-to-one -one route, if you feel that that's the route that you want to go, put everything into that one-to-one -one side. So one-to-one -one personal training is a little bit different to the online, online approach. You can probably get away with purely sticking to obviously staying in the gym and, and your kind of marketing is word of mouth. So if you can get one person good result, they'll tell someone else, they'll um, transfer over, not transfer over, recommend someone to you and a kind of word of mouth works very, very good. Social media is still very important these days, I think, especially if your, your target market or your niche is almost going to be the younger generation. I think it is, I think social media is a fitness person is massively important at the minute but if you are one-to-one -one, 
word of mouth is one of the best ways to get clients in 100 percent, no doubt about it in that in, in terms of that so if you're going down that put everything into that but don't get too sidetracked trying to do other things like trying to do online coaching the same time as you're doing the one-to-one trying to set up youtube and stuff like that it can get on top of you especially when you're just starting i think focus on one thing at a time and if you have time to put into other things do it but i think it's best to kind of smash one area out of the park than do other things saying that i did kind of dabble into a lot of different things because for myself i wasn't sure which route i wanted to take i didn't know if i wanted to go one-to-one didn't know if i wanted to do online i didn't know if i wanted to kind of do the youtube thing and see how that goes so i did dabble into a lot of different things and um, again i had that backbone of that that's minimum 16 hours that i had to do where i would get paid for so i think it like works out like 140 quid a week or something like that it's not a lot of money but it's there just in case i need it um, so I, I've dabbled in lots of different things and I remember I, I probably mentioned it before when I was still living in Scotland and this is before I moved back home and started personal training I met Josh Bridgman and one thing he said to me was just try everything get on as many platforms as possible and see what see what kicks off and see what you enjoy the most so I've done YouTube I've obviously doing my podcast now which I'm really enjoying I'm doing my one-to-one stuff uh, Instagram I'm trying to be as consistent as possible on Instagram and that'll just kind of keep on building and building. The more consistent I am with things, the better. And if there's one thing that takes off, there's one thing that you enjoy more than the other, stick to it. So I'm finding myself gravitating towards like podcasting a little bit more than YouTube at the minute. YouTube's a lot more time consuming and I think podcasting's an up and coming thing. It's something that's growing a lot quicker than the YouTube scene is, I think. If you were originally on YouTube a few years ago, you'd probably take off a lot quicker then than it you are now. Like I've been putting out videos every single week for nearly a year, and I'm only I'm not on a lot of subscribers. Whereas maybe five ten years ago, if I did that, I would probably be on triple, maybe ten times the amount of followers I would be on. So if you can do it, keep sticking at it, but stick to something that you enjoy because if you enjoy it, you'll be consistent with it. And whatever you enjoy and what you're passionate about, that'll if you can keep that going, you'll end up going far. So I feel like I'm just blabbering loads here. But I think I need a coffee break. That's what it is. <sighs> Lovely. Anyway, so yeah, try not to overload yourself and kill yourself out. You can burn yourself out in the end if you're doing too much. But just stick to the things. Try Well, to be fair, try different things to start with. Whatever you enjoy the most, whatever you find working the best for you, then go 100% into it. I feel like I'm giving mixed messages here, but <laughs> to summarize what I was just saying, best thing to probably do is try a few different things and then once you find that one thing or that 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 main thing that you enjoy or the thing that's taken off the best, that's, that's working the best for you and suits your personality and suits you the best, go for it 100% and try not to get distracted and focus on one thing at a time or else you're just going to end up getting like 25% of the way through something or maybe giving only like 20% effort into something and not achieving what you could. Whereas if you put 100% into something, you'll probably get 10 times the results. And one thing that I briefly touched on there, which will be the final point, will be find your niche. So find your niche in fitness as a PT. The market is so saturated. There's so many PTs out there doing specific things, fat loss coaches, transformation coaches, bodybuilding coaches, sports specific um, coaches, everything. There's everything going. There's like postnatal, 
um, people f- for who are coaches specifically for obese um, people. There's people out there for, for every single individual and you need to find your niche and you need to try and be different from everyone else because why the hell would anybody else go with you when there's a million people out there already who are suited to to what this person is looking for. So find your niche. However, to start with, I wouldn't stress about that too much. Get your experience. Again, find what you enjoy and what feels like suits you the best. Because you might find if you niche down a certain market too early, you might find, actually, I don't really enjoy doing this. Like, for example, I don't enjoy doing fat loss for 40 to 50 year old. 40 to 50 year old. I don't enjoy working with that sort of clientele. If you don't enjoy it, it's not going to be sustainable long term. You're not going to be happy. So start off with just generalize, just try and work with as many clients as you can. And then down the line, you'll soon realize what your niche is. So you'll kind of look look at things like your clientele. What's the average age of your clientele? What are they looking for? What's the majority of your clientele looking for? Um, is it fat loss? Is it just to look just to look good in the mirror, just to fit in the clothes better? Or is it more sports specific stuff? Or is it more building muscle, bodybuilding? And then look at things like your Instagram insights if you're on Instagram, which you should be, uh, and your YouTube insights. What's the average age of your your subscribers, the people who follow you, the people who like your post? What, what's the generalization? Like the people who message you on Instagram, what age are they and what are they looking for? What questions are they asking? Things like that, just have a look. And then that will kind of naturally, you'll naturally find your niche for myself, I feel like my niche age range is between, actually funny about this, I thought it was between about 18 and 26 was probably, maybe 18 to 28 probably was my average age. But then I looked yesterday at my average age of subscribers on YouTube and it was between the ages of 30 and 38, which I was shocked with, very shocked with. So I don't know if a lot of my viewers just don't subscribe. I don't know, but that was my average age of people who actually subscribed, uh, which was very interesting. So maybe I need to rethink my niche. But anyway, back to the point. Yeah, find your niche and go 100% into it. And then that'll and become a master in your field almost. Um, there's some there's some great people out there who have niched down and smashed it in their, their target audience. Because if you're, a spe- you're almost specialized in one area, there's more likelihood of people coming to you rather than going to someone else who's just a generalized personal trainer who just just has on their Instagram bio personal trainer here to help you sign up to my online coaching body blah, blah now whereas if you're specifically for example a 12 week transformation fat loss I don't know just make something up that that people in your target market go for like for example women they love anything to do with like building glutes toning down I know toning isn't a great word, but they enjoy that. that they like that word, so toning. Um, be, just be specific with what you're, what you're focusing on. I think I'm blabbering again. But anyway, that's a generalise uh, how to start a PT business. Um, remember, just get started. That's the main thing to summarise. Get started. Help as many people as you can. If the family members or friends, get them transformations. Remember to take the picture, the before and after pictures, keep track of the transformations so you can share it with people. Get experience somewhere, whether it be in a gym, whether it be in a job that's within sales or anything we have to talk to people. Get experience and be and be, be almost, what's the word, like an extrovert and get, it, get yourself out there and talk to people and get out your own comfort zone. Try not to do too many things at once or else you'll burn yourself out. 
But to start with, just try every single platform, every single avenue of personal training, see what you enjoy the most. Be consistent on social media because social media is massive in the fitness industry these days and find your niche and just hammer it down. But yeah, that's that part. That went on a little bit longer than I thought, so I might split this part of the Q&A into a part one and part two. So the second thing I was gonna talk about, one of the questions was the, like, the ups and downs, the good and the bad of being a PT and what I've experienced so far. So I'll start off with the good, or should we start off with the bad? Sure, the bad. We'll start off on the bad because we'll get the negatives out of the way and finish on the positive. So, some of the negatives to being a PT is there's a lot of things they don't tell you. Like, it's fine when, obviously, before I was a PT, well, I was qualified for a while and I knew I had a big passion for fitness. I loved training. Um, that was another thing, actually. Another tip for starting your own PT business make sure you're in decent shape because if you're not in decent shape, a lot of people won't go for you anyway. Diverting anyway. So, Starting off, obviously, you have a passion for fitness. That's the reason you get into it. You you love training. You love looking good. You love everything to do with fitness. But you've got to remember that being a PT isn't about yourself. It's about others. It's about your clients. They are your business. They are everything. Yes, it's fine if you can do 20 handstand push-ups and then do 20 muscle-ups and you look great with your top off. But Susie from... I'm not, I don't know, I can't put out in the countryside who's got two puppies and her kids are growing up and went to university and she just wants to lose five pounds or something like that to go on holiday in Benidorm. Like, she doesn't care about that. She just wants to she just wants to lose that body weight and look good in, in her jeans or something like that, whatever it is. So you just got to think about it. You've got to put your clients first, which is something that it took me time to learn. Yes, you've got to have a bit of an ego as a PT, I think, especially if you're online, you've got to have that bit of ego, but the clientele is the most important. So sometimes you have to sacrifice your own ego and a bit of your own training and put it forward to the client. So not to say that's really a bad thing, but it's just something that they didn't really, they didn't really get told to start with. Also, bad side of the PT is when a pandemic, a pandemic hits, I should say, and you are self-employed, you're buggered. Yes, you're completely buggered. Luckily, I was furloughed from my gym so I'm very, very grateful for that. But I was also losing a lot of business through my other self-employed side. So if you're a self-employed PT, you have to always be adapting to whatever happens in life because no one expected a global pandemic. No one's expected a lockdown. Gyms are shut. You have to adapt. I've seen a lot of PTs doing online stuff, doing Facebook Live group sessions, charging monthly for certain services. Great, you've just got to be adapt. But if you can't adapt and you don't have that willingness to adapt, then you're going to struggle massively. Um, and being a PT, if you don't have business coming in, if you don't have clients, you've got no money. You're struggling. So that's one thing. The The reality of being a PT is tough. Also, one thing, I keep on saying one thing. There's a lot of things. Just just, just tell them, Brendan. Just tell them. Anyway, another thing is there's a lot of work almost behind the scenes of being a PT. Now, the hours that are in the gym, the hours what you're spending with clients are only half of the story. Say if you're doing four or five PT sessions a day, just as a, just as an average, with your client, you might just think, oh, it's fine, you're doing five hours of work a day. Nah, 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 you're not, mate. You've got to do programming for your clients. So if you've got clients that you're working with for, say, 12 weeks, you're going to make sure you're writing the sessions up. 
um, making sure you're, you're periodizing the program, making sure they're progressing, making sure you're looking into their, their, their maybe injury history and what they've got going on. Maybe they've got uh, slight little issues with the lower back that have been going on for a long time. Do a bit of research on that so you can put in exercises that can help them. Maybe you've got to listen to some podcasts, YouTube videos about it. You've got to you've got to learn a lot of, um you've got to put a lot of time into your knowledge because if you're not constantly trying to learn, not constantly trying to develop your knowledge, then you're going to be get left behind. And I know there's a lot of PTs out, PTs out there who make up things on the spot, do their one-to-one sessions, and just literally just wing it. I'm not too keen on that. I think there's times where you can make stuff up. Like for example, I most of the time make a lot of my like kind of finishes or my conditioning bits at the end. I make them up on the spot all the time, 100%. Um, I do it for myself, my own training, like little e-bombs at the end. Yes, I'll make that up. But the majority of my sessions with my clients are programmed is specific to their individual needs. So there's a lot of time that needs to be put into that. Especially, I see a lot of the PTs who are doing 10, 12 hours of PT a day. I don't know how much time and effort they're putting into their clients in terms of making sure that the programs are set up perfectly for them and they're progressing in terms of what they're doing in the gym and they're getting the results they want. There is clients who do, there is PTs who can do that, fair play to them. But a lot of the time, that's just getting getting numbers in and trying to get as many people in as possible. And I, I would rather be the approach of having less clients and putting more time into them to make sure that they're getting the best possible service as they can. So that's one thing as well. Um, there's also a lot of time that needs to be spent on social media if you really want to go the long term in in fitness industry and you want this to be a job long term. You need to put the time in on social media and trying to build build a proper business rather than just purely relying on one to one personal training clients. So somebody told me once they see they see PT as like a football career almost like a one to one PT in terms of the fact that. It's something that you don't want to be doing when you're 40 odd years old, you've got kids and stuff, you don't want to be spending the 8 to 10 to 12 hours in the gym, PT and clients coming home and not having a lot of time with your kids, with your family, you want that freedom. So if you put the time in now and you're setting up an online platform so you can maybe do that down the line or maybe you're building up your client base to the point where you can have your own gym and then have PTs working out of there so you can take a little bit of a step back down the line, that's great, that's what you need to do. So there's a lot of time that needs to be put in, especially if you want to grow your social media. Doing videos, doing podcasts, YouTube videos, which takes a long time to edit. You, your week isn't a 40-hour week. It is a lot longer than what you think. Your hours in the gym are not your, your work time. Well, it is your work time, but it's not just your work time. There's a lot of things you need to do outside if you want to stand out. Like I said, the PT industry is massively saturated. And if you want to stand out from the crowd, you have to put the extra hours in. Simple as, in one day it will pay off, hopefully. But that time it'll probably take for you to get to that point is getting longer and longer because the, the market is so saturated. So what used to take you two years might take you 10 years now. Like examples, TM Cycles, Josh Bridgman, it took them five, six, seven years to get to the point where they're at now. Whereas if you go back to the likes of Matt August, trying to think of the really OGs, Christian Guzman, they were successful quite early on because of how how early on in the fitness industry and how early on in the social media fitness industry they were. But obviously, you can see what Guzman's done now. He's he's just continued to smash it. But it's a lot tougher. So you've got to be patient. You've got to trust the process. 
little plug there and just keep doing the extra doing the extra hours if you want to think about the long term trying to think of any other bad things about being a PT sometimes the days can obviously get long and there's days where off oh, the early mornings there we go there's one the early mornings in the late nights they don't tell you about that so majority of your clientele uh, especially in the one-to-one -one, will either be early mornings before they go to work for example for a nine-to-five job so you'll probably be working between six and maybe 10. Some clients obviously come during the day, but between six and 10 are probably your main morning hours. And then you'll get people after work. So from 5 p.m. onwards until maybe night, excuse me, until about 9 p.m. So your days are split up, early mornings, later nights. So you don't really have time. Well, first of all, you probably don't have as much sleep as you ideally want to is when caffeine comes in handy but you don't have as much sleep as ideal as you would ideally want especially if you're big into your training yourself in terms of recovery which isn't ideal there's been times where i feel burnt out i feel tired a bit run down and my training suffers from it so just remember that keep that in mind it's gonna be early mornings and then you've got kind of during the day there's a kind of a gap you might have again one or two clients so that gap is where you do things like your own training Maybe you go for a little nap. I'm big on little naps during the day. Half an hour nap if you can get one in. That's when you'll do your online work, your podcast, your YouTube videos, your Instagram posts, all that sort of stuff. So you've got that little bit of time during the day where you have to do your own little stuff, the extra little bits. So you might have three or four or five hours in the morning, three, four or five hours at night time. You're getting in at night time. You don't have a lot of time to wind down and then you've got to be up nice and early, five o'clock the next day in about six hours time. So you probably... That's, that's one thing that I struggle with mainly because I like my sleep, but the early mornings are the thing that are probably tougher than you think. Yes, it's fine. Everyone says they can get up early, the one-off time, maybe two times in a row, but it's when you're doing it consistently five, six days a week is when it catches up on you. And I know there's people who say they can they can live off four hours sleep or like, oh, I'm fine, I'll get up and have a coffee and stuff like that. Yes, you, like I said, you might be fine for a few days, but it's when you're doing that week after week after week when it catches up on you and there's a long-term effect to it. So just keep that in mind. That's one of the things. But like I said, if you put the work in now, down the line, you can maybe kind of back, not back off in a little bit, but maybe you have your own gym and then you can kind of take a little step back. But it is long days. It's always going to be long days in the fitness industry because of that. everyone else's shifts are like that. Early mornings before work, and then later nights after people go to work. So there's some of the negatives. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm trying to make this podcast off the cuff. I didn't really make any notes on this part of the podcast because I wanted it to be off the cuff. Thinking about some of the negatives. Um, yeah, if you're completely self-employed, the time that, well, you do, any time that you're not working, you're, I always see it as there's probably someone else who is working in that time. If you're not working, you're not making money in a sense. I know it's not a good way to live, but I feel like to stand out in this industry, you have to always be thinking of new things to do, of, of kind of do, think planning that next step, making sure you're planning out your week. Um, always thinking of how can you better your business? How can you better your service? What more can I do to take me to the next level? So there might be days that you work seven days a week. I know at the minute with my schedule, I have to do seven days a week because I don't have time to fit in YouTube on days when I'm doing 
10 plus hour shifts in the gym. I don't have time to go and do that. Like your, obviously your attention's on one-to-one -one clients. That's another thing. If you've had any previous injuries, for example, knee and ankle injuries, your your ankles will definitely swell up when you're doing 10 hours on your on your feet in the gym. So that's not ideal. Um, yeah, so like I said, you yourself, your training will suffer um, from these long days. But apart from that, apart from the occasional naggy client, I don't know, I don't remember really had too much bother in terms of anything at the minute. But in terms of being self-employed, obviously, if you don't have clients, you're not making money. Long days, early mornings, late nights, the, the hours that they don't tell you about when you're sat on your laptop doing work, doing programs, doing um, videos for Instagram, YouTube. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's not too bad, I think. Uh, but if you, like, I've done a podcast with Adam Card, he said anybody who's looking to go down the PT route or open their own gym, ask yourself, do you really love it? Do you truly love it? Is this your passion? Like, does it actually feel like work? And he's like, yes, there probably will be times when you're up at five o'clock in the morning and you're doing long days where it does feel like work, but majority of the time when you're in that flow state and you're, you're training clients and you're seeing them progress, like, does it really feel like work? Got to ask yourself that. Which will move me nicely on to the good side, which is... I'll, I'll, wrap, I'll, wrap, I'll kind of rapid fire this one because this podcast is going on a lot longer than I intended. So positives, seeing people progress. Like I get such a buzz off seeing like just your average Joe progressing their deadlift by five kilograms from week one to week four, like little things like that. Or seeing someone's technique in like a dumbbell snatch go from nothing to some like something but perfect pretty much. Like I had a few clients that I was working with outside one to one and in groups during lockdown, obviously small groups less than five, but working with them and seeing their numbers in, in terms of their lifts and seeing their technique progress. And then when the gyms reopened and we went into our normal PT stuff, oh, and we did our normal classes with the, in, with the general pop in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the gym, seeing how good their technique is compared to everybody else's was just like, yep, they're my clients, they're doing me proud sort of thing. That gives, gives me a little bit of a buzz and the relationships you create with people, the people you meet through, obviously through clients, um, through kind of referrals, people passing you on. Like I've had clients who I first meet and we have an initial consultation. I'm like, oh, this client's going to be a nightmare. Like I don't really want to train. It's a bad thing to say. I don't really want to train them. But you just you just think like, oh, they're going to be a nightmare to train. But you get to know them and they're such great people. They've had they've got such great life stories that you learn so much from experience. Like I've got a, a client who's an accountant who's telling me a lot of things about money and accounting and obviously do my own my own business numbers and all that sort of stuff, how to keep track of it, give me advice on that. Um, I've got clients who work in hospitals, they're telling me their experience, obviously during the pandemic, what they've went through. Um, I've got clients who have became grandmothers, had kids, stuff like that. And you kind of, you're part of that experience. Then you get the ones who occasionally send you a text saying, oh, I've went, I went back to work and someone said to me today, oh, you're looking well kind of thing. Or for example, athletes I've had, an athlete who I was working with during lockdown and they went back to football and they said, look, like this is the fittest I felt. Like everyone can just say, how are you so strong? How are you feeling so good? And and obviously that kind of picks you up and gives you a buzz and reminds you why you do it. So the buzz from seeing people progress and transform their lives, not just in terms of physically, but also mentally. Um, I've had a few clients who 
suffered with mental health stuff and then they come to me and say, you know what, after this one hour I spent with you, I feel so much better. They're the little things that pick you up and remind you why why you're doing this. So there is so many positives that you can take from being a PT. Um, just helping people is the main thing. If you don't get a buzz from doing that, then it's probably not the right thing for you. If you just see it as work and you just see it as spending an hour with someone and getting through a session and throwing together whatever session you can with them, then it probably isn't for you. But if you get a buzz off seeing people progress, like I got it's 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 a, it is sad in a sense that I get a buzz off someone lifting five kilograms heavier than the week before. But that's just that's why I do it. That's why I enjoy doing what I do enjoy seeing people progress and enjoy seeing people's mindsets completely change, then also transferring that into other aspects of their life. Try to think of other positives. Other positives, well, if you work in a gym, you get a free gym membership. That's pretty decent, to be fair. But <laughs> I guess that's part that's perks of the job, I guess. But um, in terms of positives, like, like I said, the main thing is just helping other people seeing their lives transform and also the people that you meet through fitness. Now, starting since I started my PT career, I should say, the people that I've met through fitness, through Instagram, through doing podcasts, through training with people, just random people who I've never met before, and they've messaged me saying, look, mate, look, um, I followed you for a while, let's meet up and do a session. Um, shout out to people like Joe Gray, who did a great photo shoot. We're gonna do some more content in the future. Um, Marcus McCready, Danny Rippon, obviously I know know the kitchens anyway, but training with them, Adam Collard, uh, Sean Evans, I'm going to end up missing people, people like Will Hall, who I've done podcasts with, Andrew Goodlad, um, the Aesthetic Athletes crew, oh, there's so many people I've met um, through all the podcasts that I've done, um, talking about people's stories and everything, so I couldn't be any like, more grateful for all the things that fitness has brought me, obviously check out my transformation video on my YouTube where I talk about that right at the end. It's the last 10 minutes are quite like a bit more happy and the first half is a bit sobby about me being a cripple and all that stuff. So yeah, very grateful for it all. I feel like I've rambled too much and I'll probably end this podcast and remember loads of things that I wanted to say, but I didn't end up saying. So I'll end up answering the second part of the, the Q&A in another point. We'll talk about amino acids essential and branching amino acids and also some bulking tips and I'll talk about a few other things as well. So we'll end part one of the Q&A here. Thank you very much for listening as always if you enjoyed this podcast share it on your social medias on Instagram share it on your story tag myself at Brendan Pearson Fitness and then like I always say share this podcast with a friend if you find it helpful just copy the link, share it over to someone and they can also maybe find this helpful and hopefully it benefits them in some way or another. So yeah, I'll do a part two at some point during this week while I'm in isolation. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. This has been Process.